Welcome to Bina, the Dance in Africa podcast. Bina is a deep dive into dance in Africa, past and present for the culturally curious. I'm Ntari Mofgeng, your host. In this episode, we meet Manzimbaya, a dancer, choreographer, dance teacher, and podcaster from Kigali, Rwanda. He shares about his journey of becoming a dancer, what has influenced him, how he thinks about different dance styles, and why mental health is important for his creative process. I hope you'll enjoy this episode and tune in again next week when we'll speak with another dancer from across the region. So, hi, Manzi. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. How are you today? Thank you for inviting me. I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm good. doing great. I feel good and I'm grateful. Um, so, you know, let's, let's start at the beginning. How did you you know, become a dancer? What drew you to being a dancer? Oh, that's a really uh, good question. And also very, it's been a while. It's been a while. So for me, sometimes I don't even know what pushed me to be a dancer. But when I look back, I think it's how I grew up. It's how I grew up. It's the culture. It's the neighborhood. You know, I'm from, I'm from Rwanda, born and raised. And... Um, so I grew up in this small town called Nyamirambo. So Nyamirambo is a very vibrant place in Kigali. So when you visit Rwanda and you visit the city Kigali, always when you come to Nyamirambo, Nyamirambo is a very vibrant place, you know, with a lot of um, big influence in, when it comes to art and uh, like music, dance, it's rich in culture, but also it's also diverse because you have a lot of people coming from Congo, Tanzania, West Africa. So growing up with all of that culture, you get to observe a lot, but also get to face a lot of differences. Because when you go in other neighborhoods, you see that ah, people, you speak the same language, but there is a lifestyle that they don't live because they, don't, they are not born from Nimirambo. So going back on how I started to dance, I started to dance in 2009. So I was pretty young, actually. I was pretty young. I was coming from primary school. And um, I used to love Michael Jackson when I was young. I used to listen to Michael Jackson. I used to have aunties coming at the house, dancing always, you know, traditional random dance. And um, when I went in high school, that's when I started really to go into dance more and more. And then I met different friends and we founded a crew. It was called Craze Crew at the time. And we started to do like tours um, in different schools in Rwanda, like in boarding school. And then from there, that's when also when I was discovering different styles. Because when I started to dance, I started into hip hop. That was my background when I started. So hip hop, but then from hip hop, discovering uh, contemporary dance, Afro, African dances. Yeah. So 2016, that's when I, I would say that I started to dance professionally, professionally, because uh, since 2009, I would call it more of an adventure of me finding um, a passion that I was very, very into. Then 2016, that's when I realized, actually, I want to do this as a career. I feel like uh, I love it. And I really, every time I do it, I feel something that tells me to not stop. 
you know. And then I was lucky also because 2016, that's when I started to travel around. That's when I traveled for the first time out of the country, going to dance. For the first time, I went in Kampala. There was a dance festival called uh, Batalo East. So it was a dance festival called uh, Batalo East because it's urban meets traditional. So it's all... It's uh, organized by uh, a guy from Uganda. He's a good friend of mine. So the festival is uh, is about traditional dance, but also bringing urban dance at the same time. So for me, it was really a good experience to go there and also get to meet dancers from Congo, Uganda, Burundi. Yeah, so from there, the adventure started. And then uh, here I am. I am a dancer, choreographer, and uh Dance teacher. That's really dope. And it's exciting also when you talk about how the way you grew up influenced your dancing and your appreciation of, of culture. I know that the question you often ask your guests on your podcast is how did their family receive or perceive them? Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, very interesting, actually. So when I started to dance, I don't think my parents took it seriously because it's not every day in the Rwandan society that you see someone, a boy or a girl saying, "Ah, I want to dance, I want to pursue as a dancer because life is not easy, you know, and that's the honesty. And the parents are providing uh, school fees for you to go to school because they are looking forward for you to become a lawyer one day or become a doctor. You know, so for them to hear that I loved dance, to be honest, I don't think it was something they took seriously. But then for a few years, uh, I continued to dance at the same time I was developing. Then my parents also got to see and realize how much I was growing being an artist and how much I was actually into it. Because right now I'm living as an artist and every income I make comes from dance, you know. So, yeah, it wasn't easy. We had some times of fighting, but... At this time, I would just say that uh, it's really good. It's really good. They know what I do. They accept it and they support me. So, yeah, I think it's a way of changing narratives and the way people see uh, what the society believes that a successful man or a successful woman is uh, someone who is in the office uh, writing emails, you know, and you can do the same. You can do the same writing emails, talking to your students, you know, teaching them dance. You know, it's uh, just a way of understanding that people cannot do the same things, yeah, and same careers. Mm, and when you say also it's a way of changing narratives, you know, in Rwandan society, how is dance perceived right now? You know, like what's happening, what's exciting you on the, on the scene? Yeah, I think dance is really respected in Rwanda, especially traditional dance, traditional Rwandan dance, traditional Kenya Rwandan dance, because you find a lot of people dancing. You find adults dancing, young people dancing at the wedding. If you see um, the president meeting with other presidents, you have these traditional troops dancing, you know. I think it's more of actually these uh, other dance styles, more of Afro, hip-hop contemporary dance this was something new but also you have this side of contemporary dance that contemporary dance is more accepted compared to hip-hop for example because it's more uh, a dance of adults where they sit in restaurants or in uh, somewhere it's elegant you know but you have this uh, hip-hop culture which is which was something new and now i don't think it's new because now you 
we have a lot of dancers in Rwanda, you know, and uh, we have champions of uh, East Africa in, in breakdance, you know. So we have also B-Boy Kiwembe who represented Rwanda in China last year in the, before COVID in uh, the World uh, Breakdance Championship. So, which means things are growing. And um, I myself did a partnership with uh, um, an academy from uh, Norway. It's called Subta Substance. So they have this uh, event called Solsation. And Solsation is uh, an event they started, then we started here in Rwanda also to combine these uh, hip hop. Um, different genres like DJing, beatboxing, breakdance and uh, dancing hip hop, MCing. Yeah. As a way to make the scene grow also on the hip hop side. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting when you say that contemporary is seen, you know, in a certain way compared to hip hop, you know, mm. have you seen a lot of growth of contemporary dance? Have you seen more crossing between the different genres or are people still dancing in individual styles ah i think before before even me personally like before when i started to dance i would say i was in a comfort zone because i was only focusing on hip-hop but then 2016 when i started to when i traveled to uganda that's when i was inspired because i was like you know what I shouldn't actually be in my box. I should be exploring other styles. So that's when I started to take uh, more contemporary workshop classes and then uh, discovered also other styles. And then through that, um, it helped me to grow also as a dancer because uh, I saw there is no limits. It, it doesn't matter if you dance all the styles, you know. The most important thing is that you understand, ah, these styles comes from here, the history of this, ah, okay, this is this and this is this. But it also makes you richer as a dancer when you get to learn different styles, yeah. Mm. Mm. And you're also a choreographer and a teacher, you know, so you are in a position to also transmit to other people that richness that you're speaking about. What mm. motivates you or what inspires you when you, choreographing good question so usually when i choreograph or when i'm about to choreograph something always the thing is what am i going to choreograph about like the subject is it a commercial class i'm going to be teaching is it a normal song that i've been vibing on that i want to teach or is it um a formation i want to give to young people is it a professional class i'm teaching for professional dancers. For me, it's always about mental health. If I feel really good mentally, I am always inspired to create because I always take care of my mental health because as a dancer, I think it's very important. Yes, you have to take yourself physically, take care of yourself, but also mentally. Because mentally, for me, if I don't feel really good mentally, I can't create. Even if I create, I'm forcing. I'm forcing it and I don't like to force uh, when I'm going to create. I want my choreography and my creation always to be very genuine when I'm creating. And that's what makes me happy because when I go to teach my students, that's what, what I always tell them. When I give them my choreography, I tell them this is something that comes from my heart. It's something that I created because I'm feeling good. Of course, we can't feel good uh, all the time, 100% in life. But uh, it's about if, me, if my mental is stable, I feel good, you know, I'm healthy. Yeah, I'm hydrated. I'm always good. Yeah. 
And in the some of the projects that you've done in the past, what are some of the, the topics that you have tried to create dances about? And what references did you use in terms of style that shaped that work? Mm. So for a long time, for a long time, I've been doing hip hop and break dance. And then I paused a little bit. I went to into Afro, and then from Afro house, Afro beats, dance all. So always, for me, it depends. For example, the couple of years we spent so much time here and my friends trying to build up the next generation. So there is this youth center called Maison de Jeunes. It's located in Kimisagara. Kimisagara is a small neighborhood from Nyamirambo. And um, so that youth center, you always found a lot of dancers, a lot of young people who love dance there. So we, we started to do practices different styles and then we would make a schedule from monday to friday like maybe monday we're going to do house tuesday hip-hop wednesday dance or thursday break dance then friday afrobeats you know you have all different schedules so each style you have we always have a way and routines and a way of uh, engaging to it when it comes to warming up when it comes to going with the basics making sure that because uh, sometimes dancers they do a sort of rushing when they're entering in a style you know just going through maybe you you like the style you just go ah let me take a choreography but maybe you need first to know actually the basic of the style you know uh, where does the style come from who is the creator of the style you know, what is the music and then uh, learning the history behind the style and then also learning the movements. Also, that makes you aware, but also rich in that style. Even when you start to dance it, you, I think for me, that's how I approach it. I approach it when I'm going to teach to make sure that uh, my students know actually the basic of the style we are about to do and when we go through that it helps me also to know mm, then to know how i'm gonna teach otherwise um it can create something of just unless it can be also another thing unless it's a commercial class you know i'm teaching and i just got few clients and i'm like ah, oh, they want to dance that i can cr create something that is for beginners that I don't have time for like describing and say, ah, this is uh, the basics of the move of this style, you know, but most of the times it's very good. And I like to do that to start by introducing the style and also the basics. Yeah. Mm. And tell us maybe about some of the, the projects that you've been involved with in the past that, um, that really maybe shaped you. Um, so you mentioned, for example, going to the Batalo East, and that was an important moment for you to really discover the different dance styles coming yeah. together. But um, since then, what other things have you maybe been involved in and how did they shape you? Um, mm, it's been a long journey for sure. It's been a long journey and it's still a long journey. I think since that day, I since I traveled to Uganda, the next stop was to come back to Kigali because I was so inspired, you know. And then 2017, that's when I met a friend, a good friend of mine called uh, Alida and she and another friend of mine called Masha. Masha, who is a dancer based in Canada, they were studying a dance studio in, in Rwanda because we didn't have uh, dance studios. Even if we had, we didn't have dancers thinking about giving dance classes. And then that's when I, I started to work with them. And then 
from there, I started to give, I gave my first dance class in 2017. So now it's been a while. Now I have a lot of experience. So from there, I also got lucky because I, I applied for a residency in Muda Africa. Muda Africa is a school of dance based in, uh, in Dar Salaam. So I went there to take formation to be a professional dance teacher from other professional dance teacher. Then coming from there, I felt like I, I grew up, up so much into when it comes to teaching. And then, yeah, we continued to teach. And then uh, that inspired me also to connect with dance. Because uh, 2019, I went to Sweden. I got a chance to visit Sweden. Then when I visited Sweden, um, I met a lot of different dancers. I got inspired. I inspired some. And then... From there, I met dancers from Norway, and that's how I connected with them to start Soul Session here in Rwanda. Yeah, so it's been um, a lot of different projects. Actually, I have a big project. It's not out yet. I worked with uh, Saul Williams. Saul Williams is, um, is a po- poet from the U.S. He's actually known from his poetry. So we did, uh, we shooted a, a movie in Rwanda. It's a fiction uh, but also musical movie. So I was the choreographer of the movie and the movie is going to be called uh, Neptune Frost. So that is actually the biggest project I would say that I worked on in, in my career so far. The others, are, they're still good also, but uh, you have also that project that you always think it's the biggest project you've ever. So I'm looking forward to see the movie coming out and all the visual and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. What is it like to be as a dancer and a choreographer in a movie, you know, it's, it's different, I assume, from, you know, teaching and working on stage. What was it like? Definitely. It is a really, really interesting journey. I enjoyed so much because imagine we, we spent a whole month without resting, shooting, shooting every time, you know, and it was so nice because at the end of the time, uh, you meet a lot of different artists in different uh, departments, you know, and you get so much inspiration and people you're working with are very professional. So it's something that not only I was learning a lot, but I was also having fun working at the same time. So it was definitely, yeah, it was something that made me grow as an artist when it comes to, because when we are choreographing like a, for a dance class, you're going to be teaching. That is something you just teach for an hour or two hours and that's it, you know? But a movie, it's something that is going to be produced for more than a year, you know, and you are there, people have been preparing, it's a big budget and it's overwhelming, but in a good way, because you are actually like, what? These are things I was wishing when I started to dance, you know? So when you see that happening, you're like, wow, everything is possible. Let's, let me just go for it. So I think I just, yeah, I just went for it and we shooted the movie for a whole month. Yeah, you, you will see and I will share the link once the movie is out and looking forward to hopefully that when we premiere it here in Rwanda and abroad, it's going to be epic. Yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine what a different way of even showing up, you know, like your, your brain has to think differently because it's such a different setting yeah. and you definitely want to see it when, when, when the time comes. You know, one of the things that I, I heard you once said is that if you if you went a dancer, you would be a son. <laughs> what did you mean when you said that? You know, how how has dance really shaped your life? For me, dance has not only been a way of 
dance has always been a way for me to express myself, you know, because when, when I look back and I remember myself when I was in primary school, I never talked to anyone. I was a very, very calm kid, but also shy at the same time. And always my teachers used to call my mom, your kid, your boy never talks. What is the problem with him? You know, and one day when I was young, I was just playing like normal kids play at home and I hid my head down to the ground. So maybe my mom was also asking herself, maybe my son has a mental problem or something, you know? What, what, why does all the teachers report that he never talk, you know? So then from that, for me, when I started to dance, I started to be more talkative. I started to make a lot of friends. I started uh, to be more aware of who I am, you know, more confidence, more of loving myself, more of actually grow. And, and also 2016, when I started uh, my career, like uh, on a professional level, I think also traveling helped me to see the world differently and also to see how much, how much we art and dance plays a big role in our lives and how much we can really change lives and also make an impact to people, you know, show people that everything is possible, you know, and um, doing dance, not only dance made me discover all of that, but also dance made me be interested in other genres of uh, art, like theater and movie, being an actor. And um, after finishing my university, because I did mass communication at university, I was like, you know what, let's go into podcasts. So that's how I also went into doing podcasts, but also I wanted to do, if you check my podcast, The Journey Podcast, you see uh, it's a podcast where I sit with uh, creatives people. So I wanted also to give a voice to those people, you know, give a voice if I was that kid who was not talking, if I dance have, have changed my life, why not can I, if I have a possibility to change people's lives and give them a voice and a platform, you know, and also create a platform for myself, but also at the same time creating a big community. Why not? Let's go for it. You know, so dance, that's why I mentioned that, yeah, that I would have been a loser because dance for me, I see it as a therapy. I don't see it as only dancing. It's, it's there when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm depressed, dance has always been there before anything else. Dance has always been there. The moment I start to move, I always start to heal myself. Yeah. Wow, that's a really powerful feeling, you know, and it's amazing, I think, also because because you use your body to dance, that it means you hold the power for healing yourself. So, yeah, that's a beautiful thought for us to draw to a close on. Mm. Thank you so much, Manzi, for taking the time to talk to me and sharing your dance journey. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm hoping Thank that, you, thank you. <laughs> I'm hoping that your podcast will grow, that, you know, the film will come out soon and that there'll be many more opportunities for us to experience your artistry in all these different ways. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. Definitely. Looking forward for the episode. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Bina, the Dance in Africa podcast. Tell a friend about us. Follow us on Instagram and sign up for the newsletter that accompanies the podcast at tinyurl.com slash binadance, B-I-N-A-D-A-N-C-E. All right, check you out next week with the next episode.